freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 313 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by AZ Firearms Auctions, your nationwide premier gun auction, where you set the price on guns, accessories and ammo i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our theme today is revival of young voters and our guest is austin smith austin is the national field director of turning point action the sister organization to turning point usa and he is the chairman of the young republicans arizona young republicans austin grew up hunting and fishing and firearms have been part of his life since he was born he believes the Second Amendment is still the most consequential right that we have to fight for every day. Welcome back to the awesome. show, Austin. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy being with you. And, and thank you guys um, as well for coming to our revival mixer of the AZYRs a couple weeks ago. I really appreciate that and having you guys there and, and Cheryl uh, inspiring the troops. That was fun. I was the oldest guy there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it was like. You're still like always welcome, Dan. Arizona young Republicans were like, mm, that's, you know, a little bit of a subjective term. No, it's, so. awesome. you know, it's good to see those bright faces just wanting to, to help uh, serve their, their country, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So to hear the news, always in air quotes, the news tell it, uh, the words young and Republican don't belong together. They're somehow, uh, you know, an oxymoron. So when you put together a mixer, on a Friday night, right? Uh, and it's a political event for Republicans. How did you expect to have such a huge turnout? Well, that's a great question. Um, we were aiming for 50 people because it was our first event. And just to give you guys a kind of a history, um, the Arizona Young Republicans about a year ago were dechartered. The previous leadership was not fulfilling their national committee duties. And so um, I was reached out to by Rick Lockery, who's the national chairman, and asked if I would be willing to recharter the state federation. And I said, yeah, absolutely. After the 2020 election, I can do that. I just have too much on my plate now with students for Trump. But once it's over, I'd be happy to do it. And so, um, you know, we were expecting probably hopefully 50 people to show this because we barely had any rosters. Um, this was all grassroots effort and support, you know, call a friend, phone somebody, text somebody. And so after I appointed the rest of the executive committee, and our county chairs, I said, hey, here's the deal. We don't have any, you know, activists within wires. We don't have any app political apparatus. So we're going to have to do it right now. And this first showing is going to be a indicator on how well we're going to be able to recruit, train and elect and get involved more other young Republicans. So we were hoping for 50, ended up having just over 100 people show up. 
um, that we had signed up um, to come to the event. And um, 15 of them became precinct committeemen. And one of them registered to vote for the first time ever. Everybody else was pretty much registered to vote. So um, it was very successful. Um, the energy and enthusiasm is there. And we're very excited to keep growing um, here in the state of Arizona with the YRs. And we're going to make sure that it's a part of the political apparatus in the state for a very long time. That is fantastic. And they were genuinely young people. <laughs> they weren't, yes, you know. yes. All between the ages of 18 and 40 showed up from different backgrounds, different um, persuasions, you know, whether they were center right or further to the right or libertarian, or they may be leaning a little bit more left, but they have that exposure now to more conservative ideals and more young Republicans that they can network with. Um, and then we're just planting a seed. Um, we're making our events fun. We're making them energetic. We're gonna have lots of calls to action to activate people to win elections um, next year in 2022. And we're gonna make sure that the YRs play a big part of that. That is phenomenal. And I know that uh, I talked to one young couple that I think they drove four or five hours, something like that to be there. So it was yeah, we had some come from Flagstaff. We had some drive up from Tucson. We had some uh, make their way almost from California in the Parker area. So we were very excited to have that big of a turnout on a Friday night. It was incredible. I think that kind of energy is really indicative of the reality of the citizenry of Arizona, but I think we've just all become a little too complacent, a little too mm -hmm. comfortable with, well, somebody will do it, right? Somebody's got this. And then after this whole crazy election we've been through, a lot of us are realizing, oh, wait, no, maybe that somebody is the person I'm looking at in the mirror. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the one of the things that um, I think 2020, 2020 did for a lot of people was um, wake them up and say, you know, it's if not me, then who um, flag waving rallies don't register voters flag waving rallies don't knock doors. They don't drop literature. They don't sign up precinct committeemen. You know, they're a lot of fun. And I was very critical of those type of events. Yeah, that's good to get people out and, and show their support. But you've got to you've got to channel that type of energy. You've got to do something with it, because if you're not going to do it, the left is um, and they've been very effective at it and you start to lose elections. And so um, it's not you know running away, saying they stole the election or I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. Um, you have to make the difference. You, if you do that, that's nobody's fault but yours. You have to be the one that's willing to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to work with my state legislature to fix these election problems. I'm going to work with my local, my county, my state party, something that I can do just to turn the ship a little bit and move the needle. Because if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it and it may not be the best person. And it's specifically these more left-leaning socialist commies that are now trying to take over our country. And you can't get just sit there and sit back. Well, this is what I heard on Fox News. No channel that energy, do something about it, whether you're a YR or a not so young YR, but you're young at heart. Now's the time to channel that energy. Boy, that is exactly right. And, you know, one of my questions on here is, you know, about, you know, getting involved and what specifically does that mean? And you named several things like, so let's just take a precinct committee person. Oh my gosh, that sounds like Ooh, really intimidating that how could that possibly be me uh mm -hmm. what exactly is a committee pre uh, a precinct committee person what what do what do they do well I, i'm glad you asked that cheryl because this is what we're doing you know through turning point action and the arizona wires is so what a precinct committeeman is you are the local leader official leader of the republican party in your neighborhood that's what a precinct is when, when, we, when you go to vote, you go to your precinct area to go to vote, whether that's at the church, whether that's at the school, the courthouse, a gymnasium, a community center, that is what your precinct is. 
And so the importance of a precinct committeeman is that when you're an appointed, excuse me, when you're an elected precinct committeeman, you vote on local leaders. So your county Republican Party chairman, you vote for um, your state committeeman to represent you at the state party. Um, you're the very grassroots level that your state representatives and your congressional representatives have to answer to the most because you are the elected, you are the elected or appointed leader in your neighborhood. And so a lot of people get very frustrated and upset. Well, I've reached out to my congressman, I've reached out to my state senator so many times and they never respond back. I was like, yeah, they're probably pretty busy, but if you're a precinct committeeman and you reach out because you're an elected from that area and they answer to you, you're more than likely gonna get them to come to your house or you're gonna have a, a phone call or a meeting with them. That's how important those positions are. And so a lot of people don't understand that um, when there's a contested election um, in a certain precinct or a certain legislative district, the county needs people elected from those precincts to go and represent that legislative district or that area to verify those election results, to contest those election results. And so obviously through 2020, a lot of people were very upset and questioned how the elections were run. Um, well, there were missing volunteers to verify these election results. They're missing people that actually are elected or appointed to those positions to go there, to work with the county, to work with the county chairs, um, to work with the county recorder, to uh, to go on behalf of the legislative district from your precinct to um, uh, hearings about the elections. And so a lot of people don't understand that, like, well, it's a lot of work. No, it's really not. You, you really only have, you know, one meeting a month a year. You're not required to go to any of these meetings. You should go to these meetings to stay aware of what's going on at your school district, what's going down at the state legislature. And so the precinct committeeman being the most smallest and grassroots office is the most powerful office holder because everyone above you that's elected answers to you. You go and you're going to be the ones that are telling them they're doing a good job or they're doing a bad job. Now, constituents can do that too, but precinct committeemen as an elected or an appointed one really hold their feet to the fire because they have to answer to you and you alone. And how do you become a precinct committee person? Precinct committeeman? So it's different across the state. So we'll take Arizona, for example. In the primary of August of 2022 is when there'll be elections for precinct committeemen. But in the meantime, you can get appointed to become a precinct committeeman. And so in Arizona, we have slots all over the state. Um, but if you're listening from Arizona right now or across the country, I encourage you to go to tpaction.com slash PC. We have people on staff right now that will help you walk through the process in your state or your county of being appointed to that position. It'll, we have a plethora of knowledge and information on why that's important. Um, right now, all of them are going to be appointed. Some states may not be called a precinct committeeman. They may be called a precinct chair. They may be called a precinct delegate. I know if you're listening from Wisconsin, you don't actually have elected or appointed PCs. You just pay a due towards the party to vote on things. But for the vast majority of all the states across the country, Turning Point Action, we'd be happy to help you get appointed to these positions and get you lined up to run for election in 2022. Wow. Is this, I mean, if I'm a, a busy young mom or a busy young dad i've got a job i've got you know little league and soccer mm -hmm. did you just ask me to take on another full-time job no it's not it's only it's only going to be what you make out of it you know these positions are very important because they depend on the future of the country and they show a future part of the country and I think it's kind of almost selfish. I, you know, I can't give up an hour on my Saturday just to knock doors. Like, well, you know, the future of the country is depending on it. And, you know, that may be brass, but that's the honest truth. Um, give you a perfect example. Uh, last year with Students for Trump, when we were across the country going to our Super Saturday rallies, we would call the county parties. We would ask for 
you know, a list of their precinct committeemen in this district or that legislative district and call them and say, hey, you know, you're an elected PC or we have you on this volunteer list. We'd love to have you out there. You know, we're going to be doing an event to door knock doors and, and get people energized and registered to vote. Would you be willing to do that? Uh, you know, I really don't think I can give an hour away this Saturday. I'm just kind of too busy or, or I'm not too interested in it. It's like, well, look where we're at now. Now look at the oh. situation because people don't feel that they can do that. And, and I get that. It's a lot of work. It's hard to get people to donate an hour a Saturday every month or every other month or maybe a couple times a year. Um, but it's not a full-time job. You're only going to get what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to have people in those positions that do care. But I also think it's important for you to kind of step out of your comfort zone because a lot of people get upset and they see stuff on social media. They, they see when they watch Fox News or Newsmax and they're like, what do we do about this? Well, this is the next step. You've got to be a precinct committeeman. You've got to be involved so locally that you know what's going on in your neighborhood. We may have influence in Washington, D.C. or down at your state capitol, but you're only going to change the country from your neighborhood and your precinct. This is where it starts. This is what everybody can do. And so I would say it's not a full-time job. You're going to get in. You're going to get what you put into it. And, you know, it's you're not going to regret it. There's going to be people that you probably disagree with, but you're literally setting a path for the future of your country while doing this. Well, and especially when you realize that if you are a, a, a young parent, that those eyes, your children's eyes are on you. They are watching mm -hmm. what you do and how you do it. And that is going to change the entire trajectory of your family tree, right? By getting mm -hmm. involved if you've never been involved before. And by doing that, you're going to change the trajectory of the nation and actually have a say in it. You'll be able to yeah. look back in a decade and go, I helped. And even if it didn't go the way you really hoped, you could still say, I tried, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and, and, I'll, and I'll close it with, with this on this topic is um, take your kids to these political events, mm -hmm. go to a go to a rally down at the Capitol, register some voters or, or wherever else it's at, you know, take them when you go door knocking, when you're dropping off literature, take them to your legislative district meeting, expose them to that kind of stuff. This is what we're lacking because um, parents, you know, we're blaming the school system, but there's plenty of other things you could be doing outside of the school system to expose your kids to things like this. I know it's busy. You're a busy parent and there's a lot going on, but you know, there's nothing, I mean, we're Republicans. We believe in growing and conservatives. We believe in growing our families and, and having that generational um, love for our country. It starts with mom and dad at home. Take your kids to those rally. I started with my first one in 2015 when I went to a tea party rally with my parents, changed my life forever. And it may change your kids' life. They may end up hating it, but at least they know what's going on, that you expose them to that. And it's it's just important. Well, we took our daughter to the last meeting and she signed up. She did. She did. So there Yeah, she did. We were very happy with Cassie. That we appreciate her doing that. Yeah. She's a little older than 15. She's she's <laughs> Sorry, Cassie. Just anytime to start. Anytime to start. But wait, she's got kids. She does. She has. And when two they littles. get to the age, you know, and uh, our grandbaby loves going to political yeah. events with uh, Cheryl. So, mm -hmm. so that's yeah. you know that's how you do it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so, what do you think? I mean, we've talked about time as being a barrier. You know, you're saying an hour, an hour on a Saturday every month. That's too much to ask. And I get it. It's easy to say that. But then if we could rewind the clock and go, well, man, if I would have put in those hours, would we have seen a different result standing here today? Maybe we'd make different decisions. But other than time, like what are the greatest barriers to people standing up for their values and their ideals? And do you think that young people, specifically young people, have any 
specific obstacles to being active in the civic part of mm -hmm. their life? I think it's the other barrier is, is the repercussions. Mm -hmm. Some people that want to punish you, you may, you know, lose fear, having the fear of losing your job because you do have a family and you do have to provide for them. And that's obviously your number one priority. And people feel like, you know, if they're exposed as being an elected Republican from that area, um, if they could be canceled, they could be shunned. They may lose some other friends. They may lose their job. And at the end of the day, if it's, it's really hard to fire somebody based on political beliefs, even though it does happen, it's very fightable, it's very fightable in court. Um, but at the same time, uh, don't be afraid. I mean, I mean, the barriers are only things that you let become barriers. If you're really passionate about the country, you're going to do whatever you can to save it. You're going to go around, you're going to find different ways. Um, but don't, don't work for companies that don't em embrace your values. Don't associate with people that, that despise you for what you believe in or what you care for. Those aren't people that you should be associating with. I mean, we have, we have a country to save folks and it's only gonna be because you put your values and your family ahead of other people's opinions. I mean, that's, that's really the reality of it. And if you're gonna sit there and whine and complain, actually, I'm, I'm too scared to do this. I was like, well, maybe it's not the right position for you, but are you more scared of being exposed or are you more scared of living in a communist country? Oh, Which one is it? Right. And so I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to make that decision. And hopefully one day when you're sitting on your deathbed, I wish I would have done more. I wish I wouldn't have let my kids be exposed to this type of thing in our country. I wish I would have had a little bit more backbone and said, you know what? I, I love my job, but I love my country even more. I love watching the NFL. Like I'm not watching, I can't, I'm not watching the NFL anymore. I'm not watching professional baseball. I'm done. If you hate my values and my family and what we stand for, I'm not going to give you any money. Why am I giving my time and my resources to you? Why am I giving my labor to this company? If I'm afraid of being fired for being a conservative, I'm sorry. I'm just, I may be different about that, but I think that should be a lot of people's mentality if we're going to save this country because the left is very adamant about shoving everything that they like down your throats, whether you like it or not. So you're gonna have to take a stand now and hopefully not 20 years from now when we're the USSI. Right. Yes. But, oh, and it's yeah. not just about knocking on people's doors, but it's also about when you go to a grocery store, when you talk to people at work, all these other things that help with this, right? Absolutely. And, and it's, it's just exposing people to different things. You know, um, I have, I mean, if you're already a precinct committee and one thing that I always try to tell people, or if you just, maybe you're not a precinct committee man and you're just a, a, a staunch patriot and you want to get people involved. If you see somebody maybe wearing some patriotic clothing or a sticker on their car at the grocery store, approach them safely and responsibly and be like, Hey, I noticed your sticker. I love the NRA too. You know, I'm recruiting people to be precinct committeemen. Are you registered to vote? There's a big city council recall race happening. We really need your help and your support. Take your literature with you. Activism is every single day. Every opportunity you should get, you should do something. Don't be afraid. Love your country. Love what you love your values. Expose them to other people. Only the person who's going to be able to do it is you. Well, that's the truth. Who doesn't like to be in the know, right? And you would not be any more in the know. You couldn't be than if you were a committee a precinct committee person, um, mm -hmm. because you, you would actually, you wouldn't just be getting the spin from the news. You know, you would actually know what is mm -hmm. happening right there close to home. You would be the go-to person for all your friends and neighbors. It's kind of yep. like us being in the gun business over this past year. We have been the most popular people <laughs> and on the planet because people that you know, never before realized that that was something that they would even mm -hmm. consider purchasing. Well, now they need a trusted source of information. And so they knew that we were the ones to go to. 
it'd be the same being a, a precinct committeeman because you would be a trusted source of you know what is really going on is this is a recall for example is this the real deal or is this just some kind of you know clickbait headline going on right mm -hmm. absolutely and you you brought up a really good point is that you're you're being the expert or the in the know person or the go-to person that's a, that's a, exactly what it is um you know you're going to get tons not tons of emails but you're going to get emails and information from your county chair and your local chair about what's going on in a certain area an event that may be happening um you know, you may be upset with what's going on with your school board. Precinct committeemen are the ones on the front line doing this. You know, we have a, a, a saying um, at Turning Point Action in the Arizona YRs that the PCs are the actual electeds of our Republican Party, that we're the actual ones doing the work. We're the actual ones that are getting people across the finish line. It's not the consultants or the campaign managers. It's, like, it's the precinct committeemen holding the line in their, late, in their neighborhoods and their school districts. And a lot of people are upset with what the way um, school boards look like nowadays in school districts. You know, perfect example here in Arizona, yeah. Litchfield Elementary School District. That was my school district. Yes. And um, to see some of that stuff come across of like critical race theory, um, I, I hope all precinct committeemen in that Litchfield area um, go and raise hell about it because this is not acceptable. This is not okay. And because precinct committeemen are usually the first one to find out about this stuff. And they're usually the first ones to whether to decipher whether information is real or fake. And like you said, just kind of clickbait and being a precinct committeeman, you're that person. And what a, what a great way to be influential with your friends and family is being that person that can share them um, that information and they trust you. Um, that's a great responsibility, but what a what an incredible opportunity to just be that on the front lines with the future of the country and your state. Wow, that's exactly right. I, I couldn't have said that better. Um, so my, my final question, uh, it's about a movie. You probably haven't seen this movie, but a lot of the young parents out there have it memorized, I guarantee you. Frozen 2, have you seen Frozen 2? Yeah, maybe bits and pieces, but just oh, okay. I think I have it memorized from start to finish because I have two young granddaughters and I have had them a lot over this past year. Um, but there is one of the characters sings a song about just doing the next right thing. She finds herself in a really impossible situation, doesn't know what to do about it, and sings that song about just doing the next right thing. And I feel like that is just applicable to what we're talking about here, because nobody can do everything. Nobody can right. wear every single hat of, you know, well, I'm gonna run for the school board and be a precinct committee person and run for city council. And, you know, we can't do it all. And then we think because we can't do it all, we get locked up and we do nothing. So what, what could you do to encourage people, um, you know, to just take one new step just do one next right thing. What, what could you offer them? I believe everybody has unique talents and what they can bring to the table and what they can apply to their community. It may be being a precinct committeeman. It may be being on the school board. It may be the PTA board. It may be serving on um, maybe one of your uh, alumni in the area of, of where you know, your kids go to school, um, just to give a little bit of time. Everybody, you know, I know it's a very fading and fast thing. So that's the point. It's very fading and it's very fast. So do something about it, you know, volunteer a little bit, you know, meet your local Republican party leaders, meet your school board leaders, go to your school board meetings, folks, go to your school board meetings. That's where the future of the country is really going to depend on. Um, you know, pay attention to what your kids are learning in school when they bring home their homework, question that type of stuff. Um, 
<laughs> go to the school board meetings, go to the PTA meetings, watch what your kids are watching on TV and their television, you know, be involved very locally. That's where the biggest difference is going to be made. Water board, dog catcher, whatever it may be, be pay attention to that kind of stuff. Call your local Republican party leader and say, hey, what can I do? You know, I've never done this stuff before. I'll be honest with you, that's, that's really hard to do because most people who are involved locally in the Republican party area across the country don't do anything. And that's why we lose these elections. But you could be that person. You could be that person that turns that ship around. And if it's not gonna be you, then who? And so I, I would just leave this. If you guys don't get involved now, 20 years from now, you don't wanna be saying you regret it because the left is actively marching against our rights all the time. They're shoving it down your face through pop culture. They're shoving it through politics. They're shoving it through your schools. They're shoving it through your neighborhoods. Um, if you're sick and tired of it, don't just sit there and sit back. Become a precinct committeeman. Go to tpaction.com slash PC. We'll get you involved. We'll help you. You know, we're looking, you know, I, we partner with another organization called Run Gen Z, where young people, we recruit them to run for local offices across the country, city council, school board, town council, the state legislature. We're looking for this new revival of people. And you may be young or you may be young at heart. We want you to work with us. We want to work with you. We want to help save the country. We're trying to build this massive army and it's growing, but it's only going to start um, if me and you join up together and do it. And so you've got to start doing it in your neighborhood first. I, Austin, I agree with you. I mean, I'm old. I'm older. We, we <laughs> know that. Yeah. Maybe. And I regret. But my dad was a very strong uh, fighting for our rights for guns. He was fighting every day. When he wasn't driving a truck, he was working, printing press, uh, doing all kinds of things to save our Second Amendment. And I kind of just... I helped him a couple times, but I really sat the back seat of it. And it wasn't until, you know, maybe what, 10 years ago or so, we started seeing that if if I if everybody would have done something back then, yeah, we would not be in the condition we're in right, right. now. Right. If everybody do their part. Right. And it's it's hard, but it's rewarding. The reward yeah. is that we have a country that was designed for us to live free. Mm -hmm. So uh, I regret that I didn't do that. And all I can do now is just try to catch up. Right. But, and encourage others right, like we're doing others. today right, to right. say, Correct. whatever you, I'm talking to everybody listening and watching, whatever you do or don't do in your lifetime, it will have reverberating effects into the future. So <clears throat> wouldn't it be better to at least try, at least do something? Right. And uh, I'm so thankful, uh, Austin, that you're in here. Uh, you're cheerleading, you know, but you're, you're more like a coach, like get off your butt, you know, <laughs> get in the game, you know, get your head in the game. And, and I think we need to hear more of that, especially from someone as, as young as you are, uh, because sometimes it does seem like, oh, that's something that, you know, people in their fifties or sixties get involved in and I'll eventually get there, but no, it's got to start now. And it's got to start with your generation. So I, I heard an article a couple of days ago, it takes 15 years to change things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, they were, they were putting that in our kids 15, 20 years oh, ago yeah. and it's, and it's, we have to do it now, but I have to say the, the hundred people that were at your event gave me a lot of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Because those hundred people see five hundred people, and then those people see mm -hmm. more people, and it it does give me hope that we're in the right direction. So, as long as we do it, correct. Well, we need to we wrap have to amplify I, every day. Absolutely, because um, I know you need to to get moving. But I I want before you tell folks how they can follow you. 
where, why the word revival? Do, do we feel like we've kind of fallen into a doldrum and we need to be woken up and revived? What, where does the word revival come from? That's 100% what it comes from. Um, you know, I, my grandfather was a pastor and uh, my dad serves on the board of directors. So I grew up in a house where I heard the word revival a lot. And revival means, you know, we're bringing people together. We're starting something new. We're trying to save people. We're trying to have a great awakening. And that's what we're, we're aiming to do with the AZYR is we're trying to have a revival here in the state of Arizona. We used to be this dark red state, but now we're purplish. Now we're leaning blue. And, and, and I was thinking, is like, you know what? That's not the way that we need to be going. We need to revive people. We need to have a revival. This is, this is bad. And so the only way we're going to save it is if we revive people, just like as the church would revive people. So that's where we're going. That's the type of mentality that we're going to have a year of revival in 2021 for the YRs. That way in 22, we make some big impacts. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, how do people find you, follow you, get involved, uh, all of those things? Good. Um, you can go to uh, on my Twitter, which is at AZ Austin Smith. Uh, my Instagram is the same at AZ Austin Smith. Um, you can follow the Arizona Young Republicans on Facebook. You just type it in Arizona Young Republicans. It's got a uh, yellow logo with our with our picture on it. Uh, another great place to follow us is you can just go to tpaction.com and sign up there for a lot of updates or go to ArizonaYoungRepublicans.com and sign up for our updates there as well. And so we have a lot of stuff planned and we're trying to save the country and we need everybody to be a part of it. Boy, that's the truth. And I hope that you will look to us and nudge me on a regular basis and say, hey, I've got something important to announce or talk about. And uh, we will keep our audience very informed about what you guys are doing over there. Uh, so will you do that? Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys' partnership. And we're going to have a lot more fun together trying to save the country. Save it. We are going to save the country and yes. save the state of Arizona. Yeah. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Austin Smith, thank you so much. Thanks, Austin. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. I just say energy when I think of his name. Yeah. You know, and he that... was one of our uh, at the rally, the Second Amendment rally. He was one of our speakers, and he had the crowd revived. So yes, you're right. I I right. sorry. I no, that's okay. You. The hundred people that were there really did give me hope. At the the revival, right. the right. Young Republican revival. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. And, and that I think was what I started um, my little talk about there was, you know, if you watch the news, you would think that all young people, whatever the word young means, are just gobbling down blue pills, right? You know, they say it's the red pill, the blue pill, gobbling down, you know, socialism and communism and that they're just 100% amazingly happy with this new administration. And uh, when you saw, when we saw a hundred people, they had kids at home Yeah. on a Friday night, they could have been out having, you know, date night. They chose to get involved in what is going on politically because they understand that if we don't start right now, yesterday, really, yeah. that those little kids that they got babysitters for, they're not going to have the yeah. America that we, that our founders, that our founders secured for us, yeah. right? That we work today, we can party tomorrow. That's right. What does Dave Ramsey say? Live like no one else today or no, save like no one else today so you can live like no one else tomorrow. That's right. So, all right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much to Austin Smith and awesome, all that awesome. you do.
I mean, he wears a ton of hats. So uh, if we can't wear just one little hat, what's going on with that, right? right? Um, and thank you so much to our amazing listeners, not just here in Arizona, but across the nation and across the world. And yes, we're talking about uh, an event that happened in Arizona, but it impacts. What happens in one state impacts every state. And what we do in one state can inspire people in other states. And so we, we appreciate that you uh, listened in and spent your time with us because you could have said, oh, this is just about Arizona and I live in you know Wyoming or something. So I'm not going to remember what he said that we were a red state. Now we're kind of a purplish. And that's because, you know, I guess the red blood is thick and the blue blood is thin and it just kind of seeps <laughs> in and it's seeping in and it does affect other states. Yeah. I mean, who, you, you see some of the questions like Texas, mm -hmm. you know, there shouldn't be a single gun law in Texas. Mm. That's, that's, everybody remembers Texas as the, the state where, oh, if you lived in Texas, you had 20 guns. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, they're trying to fight for, you know, they got to fight for our rights. Mm -hmm. And it's slowly Same bleeding. Same thing in Arizona. That blue know. blood is thin. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. So thank you uh, to our listeners. You could be anywhere doing anything. Your time is your most finite resource. And when you spend it with us, we notice, we value it. And we do thank you so much for that. And when you take these conversations around your dinner tables and your carpools and, you know, with your friends out on the golf course or wherever you are at the, your kid's soccer practice, uh, boy, that's everything. I mean, yeah. really, because now you're moving these conversations forward. The subject matter experts that we brought on our show, the stuff we talk about is amazing. It has enriched my life. I've learned a ton over the, the years that we've been doing this show, but you know, yippee, I learned something. If it wasn't for all of you listening and then sharing it with others, it would kind of die on the vine. So thank you for that. And it, to watch all of our shows on, in the video form, you can go to the Ops Lens smartphone app, Gun Streamer, which is very much like YouTube, and then of course YouTube. And then also, if you want to listen to the audio only version, you can go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, darling. But I have something else I want to say. If you young people want to live free, mm -hmm. there was a song not too long ago, back in the day, mm -hmm. it says, Freedom isn't free, it costs a buck oh five. Well, it doesn't. It's a classic, isn't it? It isn't doesn't. Freedom. Mm -hmm isn't free but if you want to live free you've got to work it's true you've got to work to keep it free That's because true. there's people every day wanting to take your freedom away from you right. and they disguise it they make it look like oh it's going to be utopia you you don't have to work anymore you don't have to, you know the government will supply you with everything just look back in history of those those governments that did that and think about how people live yeah you're free to stand in line for four hours mm. to get a loaf of bread mm. you're free to wait for eight hours to get your gas if you're a uh first half of the alphabet for the the day right you know you're free but i want to be free to be free yeah no you're exactly right and uh i've already quoted a disney movie today so i should probably you know quit while I'm ahead, you have to but sing it if you're going to quote that. There's a 
there's another there's another Disney movie that I always think of when you talk about it looks like you know candy this whole socialism communism thing looks like candy it looks good and then once you realize what it leads to and what it really is it's too late and then I think of the Pinocchio movie remember how he was enticed into yep. um Pleasure Island, I think it's called. Yep, Pleasure Island. And I mean, it was like, here's all the candy, here's all the popcorn, here's all the fun. You can, you know, all... turns you into an ass. It did. Turn him into an ass. It did, and not only that, but it enslaved him. Right. Yes. Right. They locked him in, in a, a cage. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, we keep quoting Disney, and and I'm concerned about Disney itself. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that they're. 100% for our freedom. So be careful about some of those things, but maybe they're exposing themselves. I've heard that they're, they're instituting the critical race theory in um, to their training, their corporate training. And then that comes back to us again. If we are their consumer, then we need to let them know what we think. Yeah. Like, if, do we think that's great? Then, the okay, critical, write them a letter. If you the, think that's not so great, write them a letter the only thing critical disney needs to do is open their hours longer it's only <laughs> critical but they period. they don't need to be in politics but they're getting scared they get scared in if you don't do this we're going to boycott you oh please don't boycott us we'll do that and you know they are in california mm -hmm. so that's that's not good for them but right. anyway and you can guys, do it without threatening boycott right. you can but you have to use your voice right let them know nobody else is going to speak for you accurately right and there's a whole bunch of people out there that are trying to speak for you inaccurately um so yeah and and i guess is disney disneyland is open now but it's only for it's, locals, it's only for cal only for california <laughs> we're not bitter we're not bitter Just, but eventually it'll open for it's not like in disneyland where you can wish Arizonans. upon a star you need to do more than wish upon a star. You need to work nice. to be free. I like it. All That's right. a good one. That's enough. All right. Well, what are we going to do until next time, Dan? We're going to pray for our nation. What else are we going to do? Is this a test? Yes. We're going to pray for our leaders. Good. How about there's a few that maybe we don't particularly like? Do we, do we have to be constantly reminded of that? <laughs> yes, because we should be praying. We're going to pray for, for everyone, even... everybody, even the ones we don't like, especially that. Oh, ones that we don't like. Good job. See, that wasn't so painful. Yes, it was. You need a mint now and a shower? Yeah. <laughs> all right. a little Pelosi in my mouth. Thank right you yeah. all. <laughs> Stop. Thank you all so much. And until next time, be good to each other. Bye-bye. Great week. And bye.